Hello and welcome to For Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHKSM known, and three things up for review this week. First up is Wish, which is the latest from Disney Animation Studios. Then there's Emerald Fennell's Saltburn, and finally Ridley Scott's Napoleon. First up is Wish, which is the latest film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. Now, the studio is celebrating 100 years, and so I think as a byproduct of that, there was a lot, quote, riding on whatever this film was going to be. They were very concerned about the history, the legacy, etc., and they chose to go in a very, very safe direction. Now, is that a terrible thing? Mm, you could argue yes, but, you know, there are going to be plenty of people out there who are satisfied with the film that is presented to them, and I do not want to, you know, rain on anyone's parade. I think if you love this movie, great, have fun. To me, I am always hoping to see something more boundary-pushing, something more unique, something with a perspective that, you know, I think a lot of their recent films have actually had that. Encanto, I think, was great. Moana is one of my recent favorites, but this one just felt shackled, and like they're buried under a bunch of Easter eggs. Eagle-eyed viewers are going to have a great time because there are so many homages, so many nods here and there that I think it can get, you know, distracting potentially. If you are looking at this from just a, you know, fresh audience, I saw it, I sat next to like a three-year-old when I saw it. And it was actually really, I mean, fun, but also strange to watch it next to, I, three, I think is too young to see this movie, by the way. I'm just going to say it because she was terrified of uh, the, the King character, who is King Magnifico, voiced by Chris Pine. And he's, I, I just remembered my first Disney villain who gave me nightmares as a child. And I was like, oh, I'm watching this for you. And she kept turning away from him, which was the correct reaction to have. So Chris Pine voices King Magnifico. He rolls over this like nice little kingdom. And Ariana DeBose voices Asha, who wants to be the king's apprentice. The king is also the only one with magic in this town. And then, you know, some plots unfurl. And Asha teams up with a literal star in order to confront these issues. Now, the star itself is adorable. I will give them that. It is The animation is literally based on Mickey Mouse himself. And so I'm like, yeah, okay, this is going to sell some toys. But, you know, it's a musical musical. I don't think any of the music in it really is catchy in the same way an Encanto, a Moana, a classic Disney music is. There's not one particular song in it where I was like, there have been ones that have been stuck in my head since, but not in a good way. A, a Frozen even, you know, there's no let it go. And not that everything has to have like that one banger hit. But when, if you're going to make a musical, you know, you kind of expect it out of Disney. Again, there's that legacy thing. Also, if you're going to make a musical, I understand why you cast Ariana DeBose. I don't understand why you cast Chris Pine because he can't really sing. He's okay at it, but there are moments where I'm like, this would have been much more interesting in the hands of someone who is a more classically trained singer. And it's not like we are seeing his actual face in this. And he's he's like okay as a voice actor, but nothing about him screams like, yes, this is why you needed Chris Pine in this role. Ariana Bose as Asha, totally fine. Uh, you've also got Alan Tudyk, who's like Disney's uh, John Ratzenberger at this point as a goat literal goat, Natasha Rothwell, Victor Garber, Angelique Cabral, uh, Evan Peters, Harvey Guillen, Rami Youssef. And like I said, it's like the movie is fine. It's not offensive or anything. I wasn't like, oh, this is the worst thing I've ever seen. But I just wish they had been willing to take a swing and go outside the box and just not feel themselves so constrained by getting bogged down this. And I don't think they set out to be like, let's only make references with this. And some of the references are just too on the nose. And some are very, you know, deep cuts. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool when you eventually spot it. But, you know, overall, like the performances are fine. The music did not speak to me personally. I think there will be people it resonates with, but I, I'm warning you, it is a musical, musical. Um, so be prepared for that. I was underwhelmed by Chris Pine. Um, everyone else was 
fine. You know, it's an hour and a half. Like I said, if you have little kids, don't take your three-year-olds because apparently Chris Pine will terrify them. The star are very cute. And I think the other thing they were sort of touting on this is it's a a mixed race uh, heroine. Um, She has braids. To be specific, they were clear it's braids, not locks. But I think the, the visual way in which they handle her I was also like, man, she deserves better than this. The whole other thing about the film, and I'm going to get animator deep here, is that, you know, the style of it is 3D characters, but you're supposed to have this sort of, again, classic watercolor background that, like, the old school films had. And there's something about it that doesn't work, and it feels empty to me. Like, there are crowd scenes, and I'm like, this feels empty in part because I feel like uh, this is, you know, the rendering cost was too expensive to have huge crowds in certain scenes. And so they were like, "Uh, we have to get this visual style. So, you know, you can only have 100 extras and it's CG. So you could have millions of extras, theoretically. It's just how long does it take to process that image? So I think they picked style over substance in a lot of scenarios. And that is also a bummer to me. And I, I, again, I admire potentially trying to do something new, but the something new is trying to be hearkening back to something old. And they didn't even like do the old way well. So unfortunately for me, you know, like I want to say, I don't want to knock it. I know there are Disney fanatics out there. I think they will have the best time at this. I could be wrong on this and I'm happy to eat crow at some point on it, but I feel like this is going to be more of a blip in the studio's history versus something that, you know, stands the test of time and stands out as one of those classic, classic Disney animated films. I'm only going to give it a 2.8 out of 5. I'm going to take a quick break and be right back. And I'm back. The next film I have is called Saltburn, and this is all, this is not going to be for everyone, but let me tell you, I very much enjoyed this film. It's from writer-director Emerald Fennell, who did Promising Young Woman a couple of years ago, which I thoroughly enjoyed. You might also know her as Midge from the Barbie movie this year, or you might know her as The Crown's Camilla Parker Bowles, which is quite a thing. So I am a big fan of hers. I think all of her stuff is just a little bit unhinged, but in a really good way, and I really love the way she writes women. This one is about two schoolmates, played by Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi, who are at Oxford, and Barry's character basically ends up glomming onto Jacob Elordi's family, who are played by Rosamund Pike and Richard E. Grant, who are Truly perfect casting in this. They are spectacular. So it's very much a story about class. So the more familiar you are with the echelons of British society, the more painful and great this film will be. I I say this not being super familiar, but having friends who went to school in the UK and like, you know, uh, ties to the place. I was just like, oh, everything y'all talked about, I think it's real. And I think it's being embodied in this. It also stars Alison Oliver, Archie Madquay, and Carrie Mulligan. And I don't want to go too much into the plot, but there are going to be some scenes that just haunt you uh, in a good and a bad way. Barry Keoghan is so good in this. Uh, Jacob Elordi is also very good, but this is Barry's movie. And I, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of his from uh, Killing of a Sacred Deer, which is also a very messed up movie. I think he plays like Disturbed incredibly well, but there's a magnetism to him in Saltburn that is just fascinating. And I, it's, it's, again, there's going to be some really graphic weird things that get under your skin, but I think if you're fascinated by societal dynamics, and also if you're a fan of the films Talented Mr. Ripley or Single White Female, I think you should definitely watch this film. You know, if you are somebody who is easily put off by outlandish behavior, you know, I'm not going to like force you to watch this film because I can't do that. But I, I'd say consider this one. I really, I, I'm almost reticent to admit how much I liked it because it is disturbing at times, but it's so well acted. And I just really am a fan of Emerald Fennell's writing. So I'm going to give this a 4.2 out of 5. 
The last film I have this week is Napoleon, which is Ridley Scott's take on the Emperor of France. And I this one was tough for me. So I love Ridley Scott. Well, I like a lot of Ridley Scott's work, but there's some of his stuff that, you know, maybe not so much for me. I am not a huge fan of Joaquin Phoenix, who plays Napoleon Bonaparte. And so it's kind of a challenging thing to rectify. Now, I think the thing I appreciated the most in this is that Joaquin Phoenix did not try to do a French accent. He just played it you know in his own style and I think that works Vanessa Kirby plays Josephine a former empress of France and I think she's spectacular in this it's really about the two of them now the film itself is very uneven and much like how Saltburn has disturbing things in it this also has a lot of disturbing things but they err on the side of violence which uh, you know I actually find harder to palette sometimes but Ridley Scott knows how to direct an action sequence like no other. This felt like a movie, which is something we talk about a lot in the roundtable episodes where, you know, sometimes you see something and you're like, oh, I can see where your budget constraints were or, oh, I can see where you kind of leaned on CG for things. This felt practical and I'm sure there's actually a ton of CG in it, but it just felt like the France existed, like the battles existed and oh. The battles are the best part of this. And I'm not normally a person who's, you know, who relishes in violence. But it almost made me think of, um, actually, strangely, it made me really want to rewatch Lord of the Rings uh, because there's some horse battles in it. And I just loved it. And, you know, again, those were films that had huge groups of actual actors charging at each other and either the you know huge kudos to the cg directors of this or huge kudos to ridley scott and all the extras because it just looked really good the problem with this though is that yes it's gory and other stuff it's too long it is this film is too long uh you know it's two hours and 38 minutes and it feels like two hours and 38 minutes Saltburn is long it's like two hours but it zips by which is like 90 minutes long but i think the other thing is like you know I love a good history biopic, but I don't want to be misinformed about things. And obviously things are open to, you know, uh, this is a fictional rendering of it. uh, But there's been some discourse about how Ridley Scott feels about historians where he's like, you weren't there. It's like, no, you weren't. But when it comes to the main stuff, I don't want my main sort of source of info on this to be just misleading. Yeah. So I think it gets bogged down in that. Joaquin Phoenix is fine in this. You know, it's not it's not the worst performance. It's not my favorite performance, but I at least found him semi palatable. I do think he's problematic and you should Google that but you know unlike something like joker i was like okay at least i can watch this or god Bo is afraid which i could not sit through but yes so should you see napoleon is the question i think if you're a huge ridley scott fan you will appreciate the artistry and the craft here it did feel good to see it on a big screen because i was like this was meant to be seen on a big screen it does make me excited for gladiator 2 which i was worried about but now i'm slightly less worried about but if you are not a huge history buff uh if you are not a military film buff etc this is not for you because it definitely focuses a lot on that even though at the center of it it's supposed to be this relationship between josephine and napoleon so i think that part of it is frustrating and also like I didn't necessarily feel the chemistry between them however it kind of plays into their relationship so you know I was like maybe this is successful there but coming from a technical perspective incredibly impressed by the film in terms of like entertainment value not as much for me I'm gonna give it a 3.1 out of 5 that has been it for this episode thank you so much for listening if you enjoyed it we would love it if you could leave us a five-star rating a review or even consider subscribing